Embark on a transformative journey with my upcoming ebook, Five Ways to Rise and Thrive. This guide is your gateway to personal and professional success, offering inspiration, motivation, and practical strategies to elevate every aspect of your life. Be one of the first to unlock these five fundamental pillars of greatness by joining the waitlist. Simply email john at johnmerkus.com and not only will you go on the waitlist, but I'll send you by return email my emotional intelligence guide completely free. That's right, email john at johnmerkus.com to be on the waitlist for five ways to rise and thrive that's going to rock your world. Welcome to Rise and Thrive Conversations for Greatness. I'm your host, John Mercus, and today's podcast is a beacon of personal growth, motivation, and inspiration. Joining us is an extraordinary actress and a catalyst for success. Trained at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art, landing a role in Mission Impossible, this was more than just a role, it was a lesson in harnessing fear and transforming it into stellar performances, but our guest her impact extends beyond the screen. Her epiphany that the life itself is an act and often unconscious has shaped how professionals approach success. For over a decade, she's equipped diverse individuals with acting techniques for intentional living, proving that our actions drive our outcomes. How good is that? Whether you're interested in elevating your profile, mastering communication or seizing opportunities, her approach offers a new dimension to personal growth and success. Get ready to be inspired and learn how to play right. Welcome Dale Stevens to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, John. That was great. I think I need to take you around my back pocket and people say, what do you do? I go, well, just ask John because he's just done such a <laughs> yeah. Happy to do that. And I really want to dive into your personal development work. But before we do that, let's talk about your journey into acting. If you can share with us what drew you to acting and how your acting journey evolved. I'm not really a, you couldn't say I'm a big goal setter. I'm no Arnold Schwarzenegger in that sense. I really, I just, I'm just kind of very organic. And so, yeah, acting, well, I, I was a professional dancer, then I was a model. How did I fall into acting? Because there was an acting uh, casting person in the modelling agency and they asked me, did I want to try it? It's that random. So I and that's I, great I, though with the people the people that you meet and how they influence you and someone said hey do you want to do this and then and then it's taken you on an amazing journey yeah keep going yeah and I remember saying to my mum once I go and I just said to her I said ah, do you reckon I could be an actor and and she said I think you could do anything if you put your mind to it and so I went all right okay and then I was stubborn and that's I think yeah if you've got that stubbornness you're you're really lucky I do, I see things and then I just go after them and then no matter how scared I am or what happens I just I don't give up and so I think that that's um and often I'm terrified and whatever but I just don't really care I just I'm like an idiot of myself I don't really care I just keep on I love that mindset how you sought some advice from your mother and she just said go for it I love that how that works yeah I don't know what I would have done if she said I think you'd be hopeless. I think I still would have done it. I don't think, but it wasn't inspiration <laughs> at the time. I think I would have gone, really? Um, yes, well, I'm not so sure. I would have done it anyway, I think. And then talk about a journey. Then you're in London. Yes, 
Yes. Well, see, that was kind of a weird kind of thing too because originally I went over there because I went to Italy because when you're going to London, you always go to Italy, not. Um, I was going to, I was on my way to America because I thought if, because I was modelling, I thought if I can get work as a model in Italy, then that then I'll go to America. But modelling was a little bit boring and, and didn't really hit off the way I wanted it to. And I went to England and I just fell in love with London. I fell in love with the I went to some acting classes and the theatre there and everything and I just fell in love with it and I thought, that's it, I want to be an actor. And um, then, yeah, applied for drama school, got in and that's how it happened. Yeah, well, I don't think everyone's been to the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art and, <laughs> and started, so you would have learned some really great stuff there, I'd imagine, both personally and professionally. Any insights that, as doing that work and, uh, and with your acting that really struck you on a, on a personal level? Well, I think that, look, my, my philosophy in life is probably to, to thine own self be true, which is a Shakespeare quote, naturally. And I think that life happens in between your ears and it's how you get to know yourself and, and, and then use that to the best of your ability. So what I found is that I was, even though seems so confident now but I really am in by nature quite a shy introverted person and what I found is if I put myself in different situations then I learnt to be able to deal with it so I would go to a different country or try something new and then I had to I had to adapt and and I Mm, think that mm. that's part of knowing yourself I mean a lot of people it would they, that wouldn't work for them. They would maybe stay the same or they wouldn't want to do that. But if you find your own way of working and and, and back to the Arnold Schwarzenegger reference is because he was such a goal setter. Like he says, at the beginning of the year, he set goals at the end of the year, he'd achieved them. Look, I couldn't think of anything less inspiring. <laughs> I mean, goals, whatever, but also goals. It's like, am I getting closer? Oh, what if I fail the goal? Oh, you know, it's just to me that's I have no inspiration for that at all. But if I look back at when I was a dancer and I was studying ballet, I just loved training. I loved the process. I just loved getting better. I didn't go, oh, one day I'll be a ballerina or, oh, will I this or will I that or that. I had no real vision for that. It's just I love training. I love getting better. And so when you know that about yourself, you can then set up the situation that's going to work best for you. No, I say let the outcome take care of itself. You're really loving the process and being, sounds like you're being in the present moment. And yes. really enjoying what you do. That sounds like uh, living life to me. And the other thing you said, which I loved, and there's I've heard different ways of putting it, but I love how you said life happens between your ears. All about what you think. And in, in previous episodes, we've said there's two aspects to life, the circumstances and the conversation you are about the circumstances. So that's all happening between your ears. And so Knowing yourself and learning about yourself sounds like it's been very uh, pivotal in your life and, and made a difference. Now, I need to talk about Mission Impossible because I've seen your show reel and I love it. By the way, listeners, uh, I've seen Dale uh, cock a gun and wield a, wield a sword and she's very good at all of the, all of the above. And I know as a young person, let's say, you're on the set of Mission Mission Impossible and there's a lot of uh, personalities and uh, and actors around you. 
How was that experience for you and uh, how did that impact your career and your personal growth? Yeah, certainly. So so I got the job. It's Mission Impossible, the series, the real thing, not mm-hmm. the movies. And uh, I got the job. That was all great. And I was playing an assassin who dressed up as a man to carry out the assassinations. And uh, so it was this amazing character. And the first couple of days I was with the other actors and lots of extras and the energy was great and it went really well and that was great. And then I have this scene where... Now, what could go wrong? I'm standing in a hotel room wearing a red leotard with a gun, planning a a bomb. Um, What could go wrong? How could I look like an idiot? So much opportunity to look like an idiot. And And at the time, you know, I thought, yeah, I didn't feel the energy of everyone else. And then we're sitting there with the other actors uh, watching the um, preview of it and it's coming up to my scene and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this could just be so horrible. And uh, But then I looked at it and it wasn't and that was all because of technique. And that's what the big lesson was, is I was terrified to see it. I was, you know, nervous before about the whole job, but technique, mm. that's what got me through. And that and that's when, when I work with people now. I don't want people to feel confident in themselves because that's ridiculous. You're, it's not always going to feel confident. Sometimes you feel good. Sometimes you feel bad. Sometimes you feel sick. Sometimes someone's been mean to you or something awful has happened. You can't just rev up some sort of confidence. But all the people I work with, they have 100% confidence in their technique if they're doing a TED talk or whatever. And you can act as if, regardless of how you're feeling. Yes, you just use the technique and it's especially, I mean, my signature technique is really speaking one to many. So it's on video, TED talk, presentations, speeches, just even in a group, one to many. And the technique I've got means that it's 100% reliable and no one has to prepare, like get ready. Great. Well, and I know you teach that to professionals. And like we said before, you know, whether it's elevating your profile or mastering communication and seizing opportunities, et cetera. Are you able to share with us some of those techniques or uh, or are we letting the cat out of the bag there? Uh, No, absolutely. So, well, just to give you a bit of an overview, with my work, I've got seven foundational practices that it's all based on and then 48 behavioural hacks, which are mind hacks, vocal hacks, and body hacks. And But the but this one about talking one to many, it's all about imagining you're talking to one person and you define who that one person is and you go free fall and speak to that one person. So it moves it from a performance to a conversation. I like it. What a great tip. Because I know uh, speaking for a lot of people is uh, is a fear. Uh, you know, that's common knowledge out, out there. And I love that tip for delivering a powerful, confident speech. So pick a person. So pick someone that you're confident in speaking to, I would imagine, and love having a conversation with. And so I like how you said that. So it turns from a presentation to a conversation. Yeah, because people don't want to be presented to. I mean, look, how many presentations have you seen, you know, where someone's, you know, has this, it reminds me of a client I had 
this sweet man. He was so lovely and he had a, a really great accounting firm and someone else sent him to me. And he, this is how he started off this presentation. We've been around for 80 years and we do this, that and the other. I was like, oh, shocking. And But when I actually got him to, um, and another couple of techniques like speaking from the heart and these other things, this man, look, I tell you, when he was talking about his clients, it was almost poetic. It was wow, what a difference. Beautiful. Like anyone would want to listen to him saying that and also anyone would want to be his client because that's how he feels about his clients. It, mm, he was mm. unbelievable, unbelievable. So that's the type of transformation can happen. So from working with you, you really transformed him from kind of talking as a robot, let's say, to really talking from the heart and connecting yes. with people that he talks with. Yes, yes. Another woman uh, I, I worked with, she was this woman, she was head of sustainable investment in a um, superannuation company. Brilliant. But she was so nervous about speaking, she came out a rash in her own wedding. Wow. <laughs> And and when she introduced me to her colleagues, she just spoke really fast and fiddled with her hair. She just couldn't cope. And I worked with her and then she nailed it on this international industry panel and then she got her company to one of 30 companies at the UN. That's magnificent. That's magnificent. I also love people that seek out advice from others and coaching from others because uh, we've mentioned also in, in previous episodes that sometimes you need that outside influence to maybe see what you're not seeing or tap into their experience to be able to go to another level well, my my philosophy is you can't do it by yourself you do need that those outside influences and that and that inspiration and the benefit of other people's experience oh it's so important you know margot robbie obviously you know margot robbie uh, yeah. she, she has for every role she plays, she has an acting coach, a voice coach, and a movement yeah. coach. Makes t- makes total sense to me. And athletes do the same. You know, there's not many athletes that say I don't have a coach, and because they want to be the best that they can possibly be. So yeah, I love that. I love that philosophy. I've heard you say, or I've read about you, that you said you need to make friends with your nerves. And I think if you can talk a bit more about that, that might um, help our listeners because you know we all get we all get nervous or excited or a mixture of both. And we want to, I would imagine, use our nerves to help us, but we don't want our nerves to stifle us in what, in what we're doing. Yes. So have you got something you can share on that? Yeah. Well, so that's what, that's what I realised like with big jobs like Mission Impossible is I was terrified. I was really terrified. And then and a couple of other, when I first started Blue Healers and maybe when I did not so much with plays, so it's more with television and film. And then I realised that I did my best work when I was terrified because, and the reason is because your physiology for when you are nervous and when you're excited is exactly the same thing. Right. Your heart starts, you know, you know when you've got something exciting coming up and your heart starts pounding. Yep. Maybe you might even get a little bit sweaty and you're actually kind of like all on edge. Well, Excitement and nerves, it's the same thing. That's what's actually happening in your body. Your body is saying, let's go, something big's happening. Mm -hmm. Right. I like that way of of thinking about it. 
So you go, okay, I'm nervous, great. But that's when you need to have <laughs> you need to have technique so that the that, that adrenaline has got a focus and somewhere to go. Because otherwise you're in the there's there's really two headspaces. One is a critical space and one is a creative space. So if you're in that, so if you're nervous and you're in the critical space, you're going, oh, hope it goes well, hope it goes well. Oh, has that been went well? Oh, gee, I'm great. That went badly. Oh, no, I'm no good. I'm great. I'm bad. I don't know. But, oh, gosh, where am I? I don't know. (laughs) That horrible experience. You're totally in that critical headspace. It's going great. It's going badly. I don't know what's going on. But it's all in your own head. And it's a horrible experience and it's horrible for the audience because it means that you're performing at them. But if you're in the creative headspace, then you're focused on them. Then you're thinking, I'll tell them this. Yeah, I'll tell them that. Oh, I think that's enough on this. Oh, I'll bring in this. Will I bring this? No, I think I'll tell them this. And you're living in the moment Mm. in a creative space, which is fun, and you're connecting with them. Even if you're not, I'm not a fan of looking at the audience or even people say, oh, be aware of this person's this, doing this, or feel this, feel that. No, I just feel that, just have an overall feel of it and be in that creative headspace that you're focused on them and then it, then it's a conversation that's fun. I'm hearing a fair bit as you speak there about being in the present moment and being creative in that moment and going with what you feel is creative and is going to work in that moment without overthinking it. Oh, I think that that's so important. And what just popped into my mind when you said that was that when you're having uh, even one-on-one meetings, you can't really listen properly. I mean, there's a lot of sales training and stuff like that that go kind of go, well, you know, do this, then do that, then do this, then do that, and then you're all kind of caught up in what's going to happen or what, what it's, it's all kind of manufactured, but it's sort of pushing you into the future of whether of what's going to happen. Whereas what you're saying, I think, is 100%. If you're totally in the moment, then you can actually really listen to that person. I've had so many situations where I just get connect with someone on LinkedIn and then we start having a chat and then after a while they say, I'd like you to help me with this. <laughs> I, I, I've never really said anything. I think that being in the moment is... Oh, you know what they say. They say the past is the past, the future hasn't come, and the present is called the the present for a reason. And it's a gift. Yeah, speaking about LinkedIn, I do love your short posts because they are interesting and you always give us a bit of gold. The, there was a, f- a few there that uh, spring to mind, especially the authority in your voice. Can I? I'm going to prompt you with a with a couple to expand for those people that might not have seen those uh, seen those posts. And of course, I'll leave the your contact details in the show notes so people can follow you and connect up with you if uh, if they'd like to. And I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. So the authority in your voice. Can you tell us a, a bit about that? Yeah, certainly. If anyone has been an actor or a singer, they know that we have a head voice and a chest voice. And the head voice is, uh, you know, quite light and easygoing and, you know, quite good for every day. That's all good. But if you want to really have some impact, then your chest voice is something that 
creates immediate authority. And Chris Voss, the um, famous ex-hostage negotiator, he calls it a late-night DJ voice. <laughs> Sorry. I really like that. Sorry. <laughs> just, um, it just resonates uh, a little bit like, so it's probably not like this at all, but it's bring to mind the uh, late-night uh, love songs and dedications. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same tone, a little bit of different. It's probably better than that. Yeah, it's a lot more. Than that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, back over no, to no, you. That, no, that's true. It, look, it's the same tone. <laughs> uh, so yes, <laughs> so I just get people to hold their chest and hum quite low, and then start talking and feel that resonance. So, and it's also you can imagine if someone is uh, having. A conversation, say someone wanted to change the date of a meeting or something like that. And, you know, people going, oh, well, we we can't make it this day. We can't make it that day. We can't make it the other day. And they had a date. They really want to make it. So, you know, could be chatting away and going, "Um, well, it's possible. Yes, I suppose, you know, they want to make it Thursday. And they go, oh, yeah, Tuesday could be possible. Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, no, I I guess I could make that. But what about Thursday? Would anyone have any real objection to Thursday? Because that would work the best for me. Thanks for demonstrating. That was very powerful. I, I like that. Thank you. I can see how there was authority for Thursday there. Yes. A great demonstration. I also enjoyed your post on charisma. And because I'm a daggy dad, according to my kids, I only recently found out the uh, shortening, or everyone's saying riz these days, um, shortening for charisma. So you've got, I don't know, you've got a shortening. Uh, so you've got a, a post on, on charisma and let our rise and thrivers know a bit about what was in that one. Yes, I think it's really interesting. I think smiling is really interesting because it's so easy. And so why smiling works initially is because when we meet someone, our mind is scanning friend or foe. And so if you're smiling, immediately it's friends, so people relax. And surprisingly, they've done research into TED Talks and when people smile more, they come across as smarter. Yeah, right. So you'd think that like... I'm smiling now, but I can't help smile now. We're talking about smiling. So we're both really smart because we're smiling. And they go on. Yeah, exactly. And so you'd think, I would have thought that being kind of brooding and, you know, would be, oh, she's so smart, but apparently not. Uh, Also, it's got health benefits, amazing health benefits. They've even found if you put like a pen between your teeth, even that physiologically helps you. So uh, smiling is just a, uh, and also if, look, I I think we're all a little bit vain. If you're sitting on a Zoom call, listening to other people, if you can just kind of smile a bit and nod and support them, then they will, you know, like it, you'll look better. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more, especially this uh, day and age where there's a lot of Zoom video meetings, Microsoft Teams, whatever the platform is that, that people are using. It is really worth being mindful about how you look on the camera. And I love your tip about smiling and and nodding. I realized a while ago that whenever you see something on the news and there's a political person speaking, they'll often have people in the background 
<laughs> nodding uh, and all this kind of jazz to kind of, I guess, give that, give whether that's uh, in your main view or your outside perspective or your subconscious to think, oh, yeah, I've got to agree with this person. Yeah. So I know that how you look on camera makes a big difference. I love that tip about smiling. And also nodding if, if you're if you're agreeing with yeah, and giving that person positive energy. It's active listening, really. I mean, I was on the call the other day. This shocked me. So I was on the call and I was just observing. And uh, at the end of it, I had a uh, talk with a woman who was leading the call, and she said, "You were so responsive. I think I should pay you to be on the call and just <laughs> just do that." So um, people really notice you. Because your personality can come out when you're not speaking. Yeah, I 100%, 100% agree. I was running some training yesterday actually and I'm a big advocate for people having their cameras on and I'm actually really shocked when people when people don't. And I just made a joke and, and asked people to put their cameras on. I said because some people say, oh, I'm eating or whatever. I'm like, I don't mind if you're eating. I don't mind if you're in your pajamas. I don't mind if you've got kids running around in the background. You know, that's that's life happening love to see your face and about 80 percent turned on and, and and the other the other 20 didn't but then i asked some people to put some comments in the chat just a one or a two depending on what the question i was i was asking to make it really simple and then if someone didn't put something in the chat i, I just joked and i said oh there's fred no camera on nothing nothing in the chat maybe they're out mowing the lawn <laughs> so i just tried to make a joke of it but yeah i i agree because then i was i was co-training with someone else so in the moments that i wasn't training i was making sure that i was supporting them by by how i was on my video on the call so i love that tip dale and i love that for our listeners so the challenge for them is next time you're on a video call put you make sure your camera's on and be mindful of the energy and what your image is doing for the call, both the presenter and others on the call. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely gold. And, and it's it, it's good because you can see yourself, so you can kind of get used to that. And then and then when uh, you're in person and in a group, you can be an active listener then. You can support your team. I mean, really, what I encourage people is to I teach someone to be a great speaker and then I teach everyone else to be active listeners to support them and so it creates so it's a team thing I hear what you're saying especially if you're doing a presentation you can't always gauge by the audience's body language I remember uh, doing a motivational talk and there was a gentleman in the front row with his arms crossed the whole time and I I noticed it tried not to let it phase me and just did what I needed to do, came up to me after the talk and said how amazing it was. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't necessarily go by people's body language in the audience. That was, his, that was him being comfortable. And because he was comfortable, he was able to absorb what was being said and, and, and really enjoyed it. So I like that tip as well for, for people listening, that if you're giving a presentation, you want to be mindful of the audience, but maybe don't react to how they are and I always assume now that they're loving it because it makes me be it makes me better if I think the audience is loving it. I'm lucky I had that experience so, yes. that, so I knew that that I actually lived through someone looking like they were absolutely hating it and then and then loved it so I can have that experience in the back of my mind to say 
however the audience is, be confident in what you're doing. And I like your tips though, uh, be in the conversation, be in the present moment, be creative as you're doing it. Love all, love all those tips. You got any more? Ah, yes. But also with the with the audience, see, the thing is, is that analysing, you can't analyse, if, you, if you, you're in the critical space, if you're going, oh, well, certain people, oh, someone looked at his phone, oh, someone, she, she brushed her hair like this, analysing, you're in the analysing space, which is no good. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. I just thought I'd mention is that I remember playing Blanche in A Streetcar Named Desire, which is basically the best female role ever for anyone, and the most and I've played comedy and heard laughs and I've, people have applauded and everything like this. But the most exciting was when I, I'm doing a monologue and it's so quiet. Like people are barely breathing. So I, that you can feel and, and that is the type, you can f- feel the energy of the, um, but, you, but you don't have to think, oh, I feel that, then I'll do this. We're human beings. Well, you will naturally, if you let yourself focus on the audience and experience it, you will adapt. It's not an analytical, oh, I better move on here. They seem a bit bored. It's kind of like you will naturally work towards them. Another thing I'd love to mention about the videos that I do is that it's the, it's actually a formula uh, called MAP, M-A-P. It's one minute one angle mm-hmm. talking to one person. I love that. And I really, I get that now having watched them, that that's, now, now you've mentioned it, it kind of makes sense because you can, you, you feel that in your videos. Yeah, love it. And because this extraordinary thing is, and is that if you tell your brain to do one minute, if you've only got one point, it will do it. Like I, I didn't time myself and then time myself more and get, you know, <laughs> personal best at, at hitting one minute <laughs> I, I just <laughs> told my brain one minute and it's like when I do I did a workshop a while back and it was a three-hour workshop and I just did it and then I would kind of rounded it up and I didn't know what the time was and I said what's the time I'm thinking oh my could be way over could be way under I don't know and it was like 10 minutes to go you tell your brain to do a certain thing in a time frame it will do it you can train yourself always do that that's really interesting i've heard that you can tell yourself before you go to bed what time you want to get up and and often you'll you will so yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but just try to reinforce your point there which is you can tell your mind what you want to occur and then allow it to happen allow that's a great that's a great word I think it's all about allowing it. And and where people find it hard with the work that I do is they understand it very easily because it's very simple to understand, but they find it hard to see that person and start talking, allow that to happen and not control it. So I think allow is a really key factor. Yeah, nice. And we're also self-critical as well. So I could hear in some of the things we're talking about that you're dealing with people that are self-critical and a bit like that time when you're acting and then you saw the uh, preview back and you thought, oh, wow, that was was 
um, really good <laughs> because we all are self-critical. So that's something to bear in mind as well, I think, is that I've heard the expression, we're not as bad as we think we are. And I've also heard the expression, we're not as good as we think we are either. So there's somewhere in between. I like to go with the good though because um, that pumps me up. So I'd rather think that uh, <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm pretty good. Rather than, rather than I am no good and this is going to be crap. I have those thoughts though. Absolutely, yeah, we all do. We're, well, we're human beings. Yeah, it's. I think. It, I think being reflective is really it's it's massively important and and mm-hmm. and I noticed when I was the beauty of being older is that when you're younger you're reflective and you're like I did this I did that you go like so windy whiny critical but when you get older you go yeah that wasn't so good oh well oh yeah that bit kind of but you can be kind of more of a positive uh slant because you want to be building on those positive situations and you can't be bothered with going over every little thing you did wrong. It's kind of like, okay, we're moving on. What's happening now? It's the beauty of being older. I agree. I, I, I totally agree with that, the, the grace of being older and the things aren't as significant as they might have uh, used to be. And also with that wisdom of we're having learning experiences. So yes. You know, you can think about that time. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And sometimes you might think of that and you go, "Hang on a minute, that was a learning experience, and I don't do that anymore. I don't want to reflect on the past and beat myself up because that happened. I've learned something from it. I'm a better person from it, and I want to propel myself forward with that kind of mindset rather than, oh my God, when I was, you know, so younger, I made that mistake, or I can't believe I said that, or uh, or, or whatnot." So often say in training, and I'm sure you're the same philosophy, we don't make mistakes, we have learning experiences. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I've got, a, I've got a theory on virtually everything, but I have a theory on... I love it. I want to hear them. I want to hear them. Well, I've got a theory on um, health and feeling good. And my theory is that as you get older, if you create new little good health habits, you'll feel like you're getting younger. Right. <laughs> and um, great. Is that working for you? you that's yes. what you're doing? Yes. Like this year, now I didn't do, um, I don't think New Year's resolutions on Year's Eve is probably, or even New Year's Day is probably because you could fail and that, you know, that I'm not really into that. But I think a couple of weeks into January, I did this thing where I thought, okay, I'm going to give up alcohol, coffee and carbs and right. I did, and then now I'm like, yeah, I feel mm. better for it, and drink more water. And uh, now I, I did, and I, I just feel so much better. So now I, I'm, I watch, you tend to, I tend to watch stuff on YouTube about all these different, um, like scientists and stuff like that about how you can do tiny little changes to your diet or your lifestyle. To so I'm kind of like, well, I feel better now. Well, gosh, how much better could I feel? What a great attitude and mindset definitely hearing the new i love this time of year now people could be listening to this podcast uh, anytime but uh, just so the listeners know we're in uh, early january 
And it's like a new beginning. It gives you a chance for a new platform to kind of explore different things and maybe change some things that you were doing last year, unless you want the same things. But, you know, as we know, if you want something different, you've got to do something different and maybe think something different to have different things or be different in your life. And I am hearing those. You don't necessarily have to do these major, major changes, just little things often to make those small changes to to make a difference. I think you've uh, tackled some couple of big ones there. And I can relate to because back in uh, November, I uh, stopped drinking alcohol. So for three months, I haven't had a drink and I feel bloody fantastic <laughs> for it as well. <laughs> Who would have thought? It only took me 54 years to work it out. Well, I wasn't drinking when I was, uh, you know, before 18. <laughs> Uh, but, <laughs> when you were five, you probably five. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let's say, I don't know, 35 years, whatever. Yeah, feel great. I actually read a book by a guy called Alan Carr that uh, that talks about that. And I just had an experience where, you know, nothing, nothing super major, but I started to feel a bit low. Uh, and it took me a while to get out of, feel out, out of that lowness. And the one thing that I could think of was that was uh, was after a bit of a break and I was uh, drinking more than I normally would. And I thought, you know, I reckon that has caused me to feel so low. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try an experiment. And I reread the book. I've got an audio book, so I played it in the car. It's uh, Alan Carr's book. It's actually called How to Stop Drinking. But, and it just made so much sense because I've heard some other uh, comedians and entertainment people refer to that book before. I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll give it a go. And I've got to say, it's probably the one thing that I've uh, done lately that's made the biggest impact to my, to my well-being. Yes, yes. I, I think it makes your energy even. Mm, I think that's mm. and, and coffee as well. I, feel, I find my energy is so even. Whereas you know, I have a couple of coffees in the morning, and they'll kind of be a little bit, you know, up. And then you mm. know, mid morning, I'll be a bit down. And then if if I even just like had mm. one drink in the, in in the evening, I'd be kind of oh yeah, feel better, and then feel worse, and then for this, feel, <laughs> you know, and just mm-hmm. really kind of a bit all over the shop. And like now, I just find my energy is just so even throughout the day. And and if I actually, you know, like I can just like lie down for, you know, like 20 minutes if I'm like really exhausted and then I get up again and I'm refreshed, Mm. very even energy. So, Mm. yeah, I'm and and Mm. also I've been listening to Andrew Huberman, I think. The, you know, the, yeah, I've been listening to some of his stuff too, yeah. He's insane. Like that's just the brain stuff. It, and when he tells you what alcohol is doing to your brain, that's sort of pretty much like, okay, maybe I'll be, I won't be having any of it, you know. So uh, he's very interesting. It's one of those things with the, there's definitely a lot of power in that knowledge. And then when you find out some information about what's really going on, it's really an eye opener. And I think that's, whether it's that or whether it's other areas in life, gathering information and having that curious mindset and learning, whether it's about public speaking, whether it's about your health, it's so, so important to enhance your life because some people would say, and I tend to agree, we're here to learn. We don't know everything uh, and we're here to learn. And I also love the 
when you do learn, you want to share some of those things that have made a difference in your life to help others. And uh, you're definitely uh, doing that, Dale, which which is absolutely amazing. If people want to do and work with you, what can they do? Yeah, um, well, reach out to me on LinkedIn is the best. I live on okay. LinkedIn. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> I love it as well and uh, I'm not really a TikTok person but I feel like I've got to get on there because there's a lot of podcasters on there and I think oh, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to uh, bite the bullet and get on there but I like uh, I like LinkedIn as well. Yes. So LinkedIn. And then what can we do with you? You're going to help us with our presentation, you're going to help us with our profile, you're going to help us with our speaking, our body, our mind. Okay, so I, th- I think you tell us uh, Yeah. I think why most people come to me is because they want to get a competitive edge. Right. So they want their company to grow or stand out or compete in the market or they want to get a promotion or they want to – it's for really a, a business outcome in that way. I think that's why people mm-hmm. come to me. They want to develop their people so they yeah. don't leave and so they perform better. So there's, I think there's those reasons. I think that's why people come to me, but I think we definitely achieve that. But I think what they get beyond that is that they have stronger relationships. I've even had wives tell me that their husbands have changed dramatically for the better and that people, one, he was even teaching his children what I taught him. So it's strong mm-hmm. relationships. I think that that is, is what they get even though they often come to me for a competitive advantage. I think that's what they do. I love that because I love how things can transfer from a personal and a professional standpoint where you might learn something because you want to do something about business but it translates to your, translates to your personal life. That is that is magnificent. It must be very, very rewarding. It's so much fun. And my other slogan is most fun wins. Oh, I like that too. <laughs> so if you're doing what you're what, – what you love and what you're good at with other people doing what they love and what they're good at. It's amazing fun. So, and people learn better and quicker with when they're having fun too. So I really believe that. Can I just add one more thing? Sure. Anything. So I think this is, this really ties into what you and I do and that's, um, you know, the hero's journey. Do you know the hero's journey? Yes. Yes. And what's the first, so the hero is going along status quo, what's the first thing that happens? They say you need some kind of tragedy or something, don't you, or some kind of catalyst to pull you out of your everyday thing and then you then you're on you start on your journey because you've got to overcome a few things on the way. Yes, a disruption. A disruption happens. People are going along mm-hmm. if, without any disruption, nothing happened. There is no hero journey. There's no movie. Um, they had a nice life and that children were happy and they retired and they had grandchildren and they're happy. There's no story <laughs> ever. There's no hero's journey that it is like that at all. The hero's journey always is from a disruption. And when we live in Australia, it's easy to stay in the status quo or, it's, or have a disruption and just end up this, get over it and end up the same. So my theory is that we need to disrupt ourselves we need to put ourselves in a situation. So with your coaching and your training, with my coaching, my training, that is you are disrupting yourself because you're going to want you want to do something differently to get different mm. results. So it, you have to disrupt yourself 
otherwise you're just waiting around for some brilliant thing or you get promoted and you don't even without really trying barely happens Mm. or some tragedy happens Mm. to you but you're waiting for that external thing and I think that internal disruption that you taking charge and going no I am going to take something new on will uh Mm. is what propels you into the hero story that's motivating and uh, and inspirational. I love it the way that that you've said that, because that's as we've mentioned how great movies uh, movie scripts go and 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 books as well. I love what you're saying about the waiting around for things to happen. Because I did a personal development course and they were really strong. I don't have to say aggressive, but they're really driving the point home, saying there's no one coming. Stop waiting around to be discovered. There's no one going to rescue you. You're not just going to be plucked up and and have a great life. You've got to go out there and get it. Learn new things. Like you're saying, get a bit disrupted. Go on a bit of a hero's journey. It's a bit like as well if something happens to you that you might feel is, is negative, maybe it's not. Maybe that is the disruptor, the catalyst to go out and do something else you know how many times you hear people say i thought it was negative at the time but i'm so glad that it happened because now i'm with that person or now i've got that job or now i live uh, in this place that i that i love and if that hadn't if those things hadn't happened that would have never happened so it goes a little bit along with the mantra that that i learned that i i use which is everything happens for a reason that it serves you so I don't know if that's true or not, but what it does is it gives me the, it empowers me and gives me a mindset that things are going to be okay and that allows me to take action. It doesn't paralyze me. It propels me to have the, the energy and excitement to be, able to, to be able to take action. And so that disruption in the hero's journey, I can really, I can, I can really connect with that. But what you're doing by doing that is you're taking control of the meaning. Yes, happens and and you've taken control of the meaning that so everything happens for a reason if you take control of the meaning i also learnt learnt as well that we are heaping on meaning to everything that happens to us and so once you have that awareness to know that you're doing it and sometimes and we think that's the truth (laughs) we heap the meaning on and we think that's the truth but it might not be the truth and realizing that we are the one that are ones that are making the meaning in the things that happen to us, you can change it. You're making it up anyway, so you might as well make up something that empowers you. <laughs> it's so true. It's a, life is a mind game with yourself. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Isn't it? I've also heard I've also heard someone say or um, or the expression with their talking about their minds is saying it can be dark in there don't go in there alone (laughs) (laughs) except we are always alone but apart from that yeah no it it is it's so um it's so fascinating and I, I would really love to see people look probably specifically leaders have have coaches i mean mm. if imagine if every leader had like a um, motivational coach or business coach a physical workout coach and like an acting coach like you me mm. and, a, and a and a training coach what would their lives be like like and just constantly in their corner, giving them a different perspective, yeah. giving them different tactics, yeah. looking after them 
having their back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think it would be revolutionary. I think so too, Dale, and I and I know a personal trainer. So maybe we've got the we've got a trio here of uh, empowerment, the trio of empowerment, where where the three coaches get together and rock people's wor- worlds. Hey, there might be something in that. Stay tuned, listeners, for that one. I couldn't ag- I couldn't agree more. And when I had my, which I still do, my personal development coach, Karina Murphy, she's uh, she's episode two. She helped me so much with things that I would have never realised and also some really simple things too. And like a good coach would, at the, at the start of the whole process, she said, what do you want from me? Right? So I can give you a whole bunch of things. What, what do you want from me? And it just resonated with what you said because I said, I need to feel like you're in my corner no matter what. Yes. And she fulfilled on that. She fulfilled on that in spades. So I know personally that meant so much to me because I guess with the, some of the things we're doing, you, you have to do some things alone. And there was an, another great expression that said, when you do the work alone, you do the, you do the work alone and to look great in front of people, something like that. I'm going to have to look that up and, and, and say that, say that better. But you, there are times where you, where you, where you're doing it on your own and you need to do that and, that, and that's fine. But when you are, with others or you have others coaching and helping you and you're doing it with people that surrounding yourself with people that make a difference in your life that really that really propels you i think richard branson says he says i'm not that great i just surround myself with great people it's so true and i think too that having independent people uh like your friends and your family have always got vested interests They've always got their own thing. They've known you for a long time, so maybe they've got some uh, ideas about what you're capable of or some limiting beliefs about what you're capable of or they personally see you one way or they personally like to see you go one way and stuff like that. So I think having independent people who who you can tell if they think you're, if they really support you. I've had a a rebranding experience uh recently and this guy is just unbelievable creative director like there's no tomorrow and he he's like that for me like he'll go oh no no don't say that don't say that don't say that yes that that's the that's the gold and uh and he's just totally in my corner like he never goes yeah maybe things aren't going so well it's like great why aren't people noticing you now kind of you know it's he's really uh and I think it's invaluable yeah, because you know their intention is for your greatness and with that as the context, they can pretty much say anything because uh, if you have that trust and you know their intention, that makes makes a massive difference. I love it, Dale. I love it. And I still think I think there is something in that trio of greatness. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> and uh, um. I love books. I've got plenty behind me. I've learnt a lot from books. I'm sure you've had to read a lot of scripts and and and, and um, read a lot in the in the work that you do, and and with your coaching work as well. Is there a book or a reading or a talk or a something that has had a significant impact on your personal growth or something that resonates with you? Oh, there's only really one. The Bible, that's it. Yeah, right. There's a lot of good quotes in there. Yeah, anything you'll ever need to learn, it's all in the Bible. 
it's history, nice. history, present, future. You just, it's, the stories are incredible and it, they just help you really, well, they help me relate to my life and mm-hmm. uh, know that God's always there, even whether, no matter what's happening. And I suppose it's, it reinforces it's not about the outcome too. It's about who you are. Who you are yeah. is just the biggest it's the biggest question. It's the only question that really matters. It's who you are will determine where you're going and what you're doing and who we who we've, you know. I think that that's why there's so much talk about identity. Uh, and I think the sad thing is that identity has turned into tribal groups as, as your identity, but really every single person is sacred. Every single person is made in the image of God as a unique entity that is just has never been before and never will be repeated. So I think that your your identity, and you can create your own character like an actor creates a character because otherwise we're just a mass of habits and, and really we're just who we were in relation to our upbringing. You've got your genetics, you've got your environment, and, and then you just become a response to that. But you can create it. Meryl Streep did. Did you know? Do you know about Meryl Streep? Well, I know of Meryl Streep, but I. What do you What do you mean with it? So she, when she was in high school, she had like brown mousy hair. She had braces and glasses, and was very nerdish, bookish, and no one paid her much attention. And she decided that she would like to be the homecoming queen. So she created a character. She uh, put lemon in her hair to bleach it. She ditched her glasses. I don't know whether she, what she did about that. Convinced her parents to ditch the braces, ditch the glasses, and started acting in a way that was consummate with being the homecoming queen. And she she did it. She created this character that became the homecoming queen. She dated the football star. But he was going out with someone else, so that wasn't good. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't approve of that. But um, the, the crea- creating your own character, and so she, yeah, so she created her own character before she even was even an actor. And so that's what I encourage people right. to do: is is almost treat yourself like a blank slate and go, okay, mm. who do I want to be? How do I want to be physically, vocally? How do I want to show up? Who do because we all know when we're behaving in ways that are really aligned with who we want to be, those days where we go, yeah, that's me, I like that. Mm. People responded to me in a way that is all aligned, they got me, I got them, I was all aligned. Then other days you go, why did I do that? That's, that's not even me. I love that, Dale, because it's acting as if, and there's a lot of, there's so much about manifesting and stuff like that, but I also love that acting as if, and then that draws those things to you. Yes. It's another another thing I learned is the be, do, have. You're probably familiar with that. But I always used to think you need to do things to have things so you can be someone. So in my case, do speaking so I can have gigs, so I can be a international speaker. And then someone said to me once, how do you think a pub international speaker would be? And I went, oh, inspirational, uh, motivational with the people that they meet, compassionate, all all the things. And I said, you you know, you can be that right now. You don't have to wait. (laughs) 
was such an epiphany. So, so instead of the do, have, so you can be, it's be that first and then you'll have whatever you have or, and then do things based on how you're being and then you'll have whatever you have. I love it how you've said there. It's a bit like acting as if. Yeah, and, and I think um, the, the thing I'm, I'm not such a fan of is that fake it until you make it because the idea mm, of being mm. fake is just not, you know, it's not fake it till you make it. It's uh, no. keep on being it until you become it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the go. So you just you, you develop yourself into the person that you've um, that that you choose, and it's uh, it's not faking it till you make it. It's it's um, opting in to cer- certain behaviours that you want that create you who how you want to be. So I think it's more like that. Yeah, and being it until you become it. I like that, and that uh, that ties into you know, it's another expression that you hear all the time this imposter syndrome but you just got to put that aside because who would end up being becoming anything unless they decided they wanted to do it took the action but was a certain way of being or understood or or decided to to be a certain way before they started well that's that's it i mean i don't know this imposter syndrome it kind of annoys me a bit because if you go have you got a, the imposter syndrome? Do you sometimes feel like not worthy and stuff like that? Well, everyone feels that. Have you got an imposter syndrome? Mm. And then what are you going to do? Focus on your imposter syndrome and try and get rid of your imposter syndrome. By the time you've focused on all that, you might as well just go, oh, well, everyone feels insecure sometimes. No big deal. What am I going to do to mm. get where I want to go? Like I, I think focusing on something like that is just, it will send you mad, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it will. I love how you put that because we all feel that way sometimes yeah. and it's just about how you think about it, how you deal with it, the conversation you have in your head about it. Yes. And you can change that to be a more empowering one to propel you to be how, how you want to be. And you get to choose. That's the beauty about being human. You get the choice. Well, that's right. And so if you think if something happens and you go, I don't feel worth I mean, one of the things that I do sometimes is if I was I – was, with the Australian Transformation and Turnaround Association, I'm part of that. Now, I haven't done any transformations or turnarounds in business. I haven't done that. It's totally, So in that sense, I'm totally out of my league. And so rather than going, oh, have I got the imposter syndrome, I go, gee, I'm punching above my weight. Yeah, good. <laughs> Let's come in in my lane. I'm confident in my lane. Nothing can knock me off that. So I don't feel insecure because I'm bringing what I've got. But I go, hmm, yeah, I like punching above my weight. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't want to be the most successful or the most experienced. So you can just change it to something else rather than rather than going, oh, I think I've got imposter syndrome. What am I going to do about that? Or oh, I better read a book and I'll watch some videos and try and get rid of this imposter syndrome, <laughs> you know. It's sort of, I don't think that that would work. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And I love what you were saying there about um, when you're in surrounded by that group, you're there for a reason, and you're meant to be there, and can still share your experiences and and make a difference with a with that as your context. Yeah, why not? You could be anywhere then. Yeah, yep. Now I always like to ask my guests: yes. Is there something that you wish that I'd asked you? Ah, uh, yes. What happened to you when you were six years old? <laughs> All right. Well, Dale Stevens. Yes. What happened to you when you were six years old? 
well, I'm sitting in the Princess Theatre and the lights go down and they come up on Alice in Wonderland, this the play of Alice in Wonderland. And Kathleen Gorham, who's a prima ballerina, plays Alice. And she goes down the rabbit hole and she comes up into a whole new world. And in that moment, I knew I wanted to be an actor. Wonderful. That's the moment. And I love that thinking about that just makes you so happy. I I could see it in your face (laughs) and your smile and how you tell that story. What a great thing to have happen when you're six years old and to really feel that and then have that as part of your life and, and your journey. Magnificent. Yes. Absolutely magnificent. Well, we are at time, but Dale, I'd love to have you back on the show. I've loved all your gold and the wisdom that you've shared with us about acting, about life and your story about how you came to do what you what you do. Dale Stevens, you're awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, John. Oh, it's so fun. It's so great talking to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Rise and Thrive, Conversations for Greatness with John Merkus. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and you do matter. Embrace the journey of personal growth and motivation. Let's go out there and do something great. Follow or subscribe for more insights and inspiration every Tuesday. Until next time. Stay awesome.